Hey, what's going on there, podcast community? Matthew Johnson back at it again with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. And in this week's episode, we are going to celebrate National Minority Health Month. Yes, it is a thing. Who knew? Let's talk about it. Right, so the first thing I want to do is to give a shout out to one of the support group leaders in a support group that I am in, and it's a culturally responsive support group, so it is really very good for me anyway, because I get some sense of community with this particular group, and it really is a community, I mean, if I anyway, I can't speak for anybody else, but I believe this is for everyone. Miss a meeting, they reach out, call, check on you, see what's going on. That type of accountability, that type of community really does help when you're going through things. And so this was made uh, known to me through that group. And just for sake of anonymity, we'll call the group leader Gloria did a presentation on this And I thought it was very interesting. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Maybe I should come and talk about this on the podcast this week before this month gets over with. Because it's April, which is National Minority Health Month. So the information I am going to share with you comes from the NIH website, National Institutes of Health. It's at NIH.gov. And Within the NIH, there's a sub organization called the National Institute on Minority Health and Health Disparities. Again, something else I wasn't aware of. There's a whole federal agency or a subsection of a federal agency that deals with these issues. So that is excellent to know. And now I am learning that there is a whole national minority health month. So of course this is much broader than dementia. So this is a macro level conversation in terms of dementia in black and white, but you know, I'm going to tie this in in some ways to um, black folk and dementia. So definitely stay tuned for that. So this was, it says last updated April 7th, 2022. And the article reads in part, April is National Minority Health Month, a time to raise awareness about health disparities that continue to affect people from racial and ethnic minority groups and encourage action through education, health education, early detection and control of disease complications. It then goes on to read, celebrated every year in April, National Minority Health Month builds awareness about the disproportionate burden of premature death and illness in people from racial and ethnic minority groups. It encourages action through health education, early detection and control diseases complications. Same thing. there. The origin of National Minority Health Month. This is what I found fascinating is 
in the 1915 establishment of National Negro Health Week by Booker T. Washington. In 2002, the National Minority Health Month received support from U.S. Congress with a concurrent resolution. And it has the resolution number here, 388, that a National Minority Health and Health Disparities Month should be established to promote educational efforts on the health problems currently facing minorities and other health disparity populations. The resolution encouraged all health organizations and Americans to conduct appropriate programs and activities to promote healthfulness in minority and other health disparity communities. Quote, unquote. So that is good, of course. I'm not going to poo-poo anybody trying to focus some attention on health Issues in the black community, particularly with the aim of focusing on health disparities, because that's a good thing. However, you know, Mr. Matt has a comment or two about that. The fact that this started out as National Negro History, I'm sorry, not history, but National Negro Health Week by Booker T. Booker T. Washington just makes me think, why did we need to expand it out? Of course, I know politically you got to do that so that you get more support and all of that. But I want to just have people understand, at least those within my earshot, what happens in terms of diluting the impact on the very community that you were intending, intending to serve. What happens when you take something from specifically a Negro Health Week and expand it out to a Minority Health Month? And the way I'll start is give you this kind of analogy. My mother has a 2004 Toyota Corolla, and they had been sending her notices about the airbag. I think a Takati is what type of airbag. Don't quote me on that. But an airbag that was bad. It was either, can't remember if it was prone to open when it was not supposed to open or not open when it was supposed to open. But in either case, 2004, I just got that thing fixed last year, finally, because even with my mom changing addresses, she would get these postcards and notices about you need to get on this right away. This can cause death. I guess maybe it has in some cases, people drive it on the road and it thing just explodes on its own. I think that was the issue now that I think about it. And so they were targeting, I mean, like with a laser precision, people who owned this car and they could follow you around and find your new addresses and continue to send you notices that were, you know, initially kind of just friendly, but then it got to be a pink notice and then a red notice and it was call immediately and get this set up, blah, blah, blah. But for me, you know, I'm a real skeptical type of guy. I always think some of these recall notices are an opportunity for your local car dealership to get you in there, fix the 
whatever it is, the recall that was done needed to be done. And then also try to tell you that your 60,000 mile tune up needs to happen. Your air filter is dirty. You need a uh, four wheels because your car doesn't have wheels. So it's like I drove in here on wheels. Yeah, but those wheels aren't there. anymore. whatever, you know, so they try to upsell by getting you in the door with the recall is, yeah, you know, kind of skeptical thought about those things. But got that so many times and just decided that I would go ahead and take it in and get it fixed. And of course, they did try to upsell me there, but I got the thing fixed and got out. But thinking about that example, Toyota targeted specifically the Corolla and those particular years. And I'm not sure exactly which years it was, but they didn't send out notices to Camry owners to say, come in and get your airbags fixed or Toyota Tacoma or Toyota Tundra or Toyota RAV4 owners to say, Hey, all of you, let's just replace all of the airbags in all of the small cars, the small vehicles, just because the, we know the Toyota Corolla has some problems or issues. And the reason they don't, they don't do that is because they want to have a great impact on the specific problem area. And that's the way I think the government in terms of wanting to have an impact on an issue should look at this because it is common knowledge. And if not, please just Google health disparities in the black community. It is common knowledge that it's, very disproportionate health outcomes for black people. Of course, people of color, we can talk about that separately, but black people tend to be at the top of the worst list in terms of health disparities. And it unfortunately goes back some years. Of course, we know about blacks and being in studies where they didn't know in terms of the Syphilis studies at the Tuskegee Institute, people who had syphilis were told they were being treated and they were not really being treated for that. And just other studies, of course, we talk about women's black women's health and maternity type issues and just the gynecological tools and instruments that were tested on black women in specific just all people, but black women particularly. And we still unfortunately see this disparity that exists in the treatment of pregnant black women in terms of their outcomes with, um, you know, either death when having a child or having a child, having some issues and suffering because doctors unfortunately think for whatever reason that black women can handle pain more, that black women don't need the additional assistance. And you can look up, I'm sure on Google, a story about Serena Williams who had to advocate for herself. If you think somebody who has money, great health insurance, I'm sure, would have to still advocate for themselves when they're pregnant with a child. We got some issues there that affects the black community. And so if you know that that problem exists in that community specifically, it would make sense to me that if you are trying to fix that problem, that you would then focus the efforts of your solutions 
toward that community. That just makes sense to me. But when you then spread out the solution, I believe it's less impactful. Not to say you can't reach that community, but I would say you could reach the other communities by fixing what the main problem is. If you correct the health disparities that exist in the black community, I'm almost certain that those other disparities that exist with other people of color will certainly start to go away as well, because the cause for the one is likely similar to the cause for the others. Maybe poverty, maybe discrimination. But if you start to address those things as they relate to the biggest you know, uh, issue, the group that has the biggest issue. And then you will be able to, I believe, either go in order to the next biggest issue or the next group that is impacted the most, or you probably will start to see those things go away by fixing the big problem. Right. So instead of sending out notices to all the Toyota owners, how about the government send out notices to just the Corolla owners of that particular year that had that particular airbag. It's just my two cents about this. That's one of those things that, you know, yes, that's great to have this month, but to know that it, like some other things started to really focus on what was going on in the black community. And then somehow that gets diluted. Whereas I believe that, you know, in terms of what I see, other groups are able to advocate and really push politicians who, of course, drive what happens in government to focus on their particular group, depending on what that need is in that particular group. They're able to get those results that focus there. And then, of course, all humankind is improved because what happens to the least of us, you fix that, then you're fixing it for everyone. Injustice somewhere is injustice everywhere. I know that's not Martin Luther King's quote, but you get the idea that we fix it one place. We kind of do fix it everywhere. But we do need to focus that attention. Okay, so that that's just the one thing. So I just happened to mention Martin Luther King. Because I also think that is where we can begin to have our focus, have the most impact in the black church. I believe we should have in every black church some type of health ministry. You got the music ministry, you got the youth ministry, you got the fund for the church building to rebuild the church. There should be a fund and a ministry for health, black health, and focus on these issues that we know disproportionately affect the black community. In every sermon, there should be three words that the pastor mentions and says, hey, at the end of my sermon, I want you to tell me what those three words were so that we can essentially do a test right here for a mini mental status exam. Checking for dementia early onset, right? After service, there should be somebody doing screenings probably once a month 
for cholesterol, for high blood pressure, for diabetes, to see if you have the sickle cell trait, whatever it is, whatever the issues are that we know impact the black community. We know looking at history that those changes, when you look at the civil rights movement, the leaders of the civil rights movement were largely what? Pastors. Reverend Ralph Abernathy, Reverend Martin Luther King, Reverend Jackson, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Al Sharpton, all these reverends because they were already there with the people. You want to find a group of black people hanging out Sunday, 9 a.m. I can tell you where you find them. A whole group of them dedicated to be in that place all the time. And I'm certain that within each of those church communities, there's probably somebody who's already in the health field. Certainly these large mega churches, there's doctors, nurses galore. But even the smaller ones, there's probably somebody with a connection that can get this thing started. Wonderful to sing in the choir, but also you should be singing at the health ministry meeting. You can open that up with a song if you want to. And it really is important for the survival of the black church, if you think about it, because the tithers of the church are usually the older folks. And so you want to keep those tithers alive. And you can even call the health ministry that perhaps strive to keep tithers alive or something. Tithing survival. Let the tithers survive. I don't know, whatever. But we need to focus on that because the black community is disproportionately impacted by it. And if we aren't going to pay attention to that, then not only are we going to start to see the numbers of the black community start to falter, but certainly the first sight of that will be black church close black churches closing. So coming back to the article, the website around this being National Minority Health Month, they do give you some things that you can focus on. They have this little um, a PDF of bingo, a bingo game where it has different squares and, of course, the free space in the middle. And these squares represent activities that you should engage in. And it asks if you've engaged in these activities over the last year. And so I would say some of these things are very important and I want to mention them in terms of what we can do, of course, this month, but every month in order to help with health. And of course, if you get five in a row of these things, then you can yell out bingo, which is which is good, of course. So one of the things that says eat fruits and vegetables daily. Are we doing that or is all our food just fried food, hog mogs and, you know, whatever, fried chicken and all of that. Fruits and vegetables. Get some green on the plate. Take a walk during your work break. Getting fully vaccinated. Of course, this is from the National Institutes of Health, so they're concerned about the vaccine. Cooking a healthy meal for yourself and for your family. Certainly very important to do some healthy, healthy meals. Read for 30 minutes. 
take a 60 minute technology break. That is an excellent one because we certainly do tend to get caught up. This inter or this uh, social media is a great thing for keeping us aware of information and certainly listening to podcasts. Wink, wink. That's good. Not telling you to stop doing that. However, if you're finding that you are on social media too much, the algorithm has got you clicking for hours on end. You gotta autoplay on your YouTube. Perhaps taking a sixty-minute break every day, really from that is a good thing to do. So those are just some things, taking a walk, getting vaccinated, eating fruits and vegetables daily, cooking a healthy meal for your family, taking a break from technology. Wonderful things to help pay attention to your health, particularly this month, which is National Black Health Awareness Month. See what I did there? Just change the name a little bit. All right. Well, folks, I want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. Appreciate you stepping by, stopping by and selecting this podcast. Got a lot of options out there. Thank you for choosing this one. And you know what I say? That's wonderful. What you do when you're taking care of your loved one and to keep doing that, that is important, but also take care of yourself. Put your health first so that you will be around to continue that care that you're giving for your loved one. Until next week, I'm out.